welcome to another little episode of Half Hour with Astra Theatre Company. Uh, today we are with a dear friend of mine and Kansas City theatre legend, and <laughs> <laughs> and uh, and also a, a Broadway legend. I will say, Lily Kaufman. Hello, guys. <laughs> How's it going? <laughs> what an intro. Yeah, did you like that? I like to make people sweat with the praise that I give them. I like, <laughs> I like about that. Um, what's been up, Lil? How you doing? I'm good. Um, I'm good. I'm living here at home in Kansas City, as you know, with my parents. Um, you know, it's been a weird year. Um, I've kind of turned my focus onto other non-theatrical endeavors for the time we all must yeah just just a little bit you know not entirely but um yeah i've been getting a bit into the yoga world and um honestly just spending some good quality time with with my family and and people that i don't usually see very much uh, when i'm in new york so isn't that the gift of this like as (laughs) shitty as this all has been that's what i keep trying to remind myself is like what a gift of time that I otherwise would not realize that I had, probably. Yes, yes, there's always silver linings, and that is a strong one. Um, yeah. For many able, yeah, right, and, and being able to connect not only with friends, but uh, with family, but with good friends as well from mm-hmm. our childhood and growing up in the, in the KC sort of theater world has yeah. been really lovely to sort of see where everyone is at and reconnect, and mm-hmm. um, yeah, it just really has been filling my heart yeah, me too. Especially that's what's made being home so so palatable. You know, it's like yeah. I I'm I'm I actually really am back with my people. Yeah. Yeah. I know. I just I feel like because you you also live in New York, we should say, like yeah. a couple of years ago you moved there, right? Two, three? Yeah. I moved in twenty seventeen. Twenty seventeen after school, which we'll get into yeah. all of that, but it has been just so lovely to see where everyone's at. And, and some of those people are not doing theater anymore, but they're still like the funniest people I've ever met and are yeah. just, like climbing the ladders of wherever they're working, whether that's like business or grad school or the zoo. And it just makes me so happy. Oh yeah. And just like remaining in touch. Like that's the coolest thing. I, I'm not really in touch with a lot of my high school friends, like people from my high school. There's yeah. like, or two that I still am, but the people that I spent time growing up with doing theater, making theater, (laughs) like being dumb and silly at theater in the park, like those are the people that I'm still in touch with and still seeing. And even if they aren't in theater anymore, like you said, we're all still evolving and still growing and still friends. Yeah, it's like if we if we did Tech Week together, like we're we're like this. It's, like <laughs> this goes deep. A ten out of twelve, it makes a strong bond. It's true. It really does. Um, okay, so as I like to say, our first little segment: you were born, and then what happened? So ah! where were you raised? Where did you go to school? Um, and when did you sort of realize that performing was something that you were like, this is this is for me? Mm-hmm. Um, Yeah, so I grew up in Kansas City, not literal Kansas City, but um, I guess it was Mission Woods or Fairway that I mostly grew up in. Kansas City Light. Um, Yeah, Kansas City Light on the Kansas side, but very close to Kansas City. And um, 
I, you know, I started dancing from a young age. My mom just kind of like threw me into every endeavor um, with hopes that something would stick, which I think is a great way to go about it. Um, and I really enjoyed dancing. I liked the tutus. I think I liked it on an aesthetic level. I just liked like the tappy shoes and mm. doing somersaults. Like <laughs> I just, I, I enjoyed Were you a high that. energy kid? Yeah. Yeah. I think I've always been high energy. Yeah. And so that it was always like a way to like get the jiggles out and, you know, get my energy out. Um, and so I, I always loved that and um, eventually moved to a dance studio that was a little bit more, a little bit more theater oriented. It just kind of seemed like, and I think that was partially because there were voice teachers at the theater or mm. at the, sorry, at the studio. And they had, you know, performing groups that would perform around the city. And so it was just a little bit more of a, of a theatrical dance studio. And so I started kind of tipping my toes in. Uh, <laughs> and um, eventually got brought into my first musical through the studio. So that was at New Theater Restaurant. Mm. And that was, that was Funny Girl. And they needed little tater tot dancer girls to be in a couple scenes. They, there's like a scene where there's like little baby swans and then another couple little scenes. And so we didn't do much. We had like a little bit of choreography, but they had to be little dancing girls. And so I got brought on for that. And that's where I caught the bug. Like How old were you? I was in fifth grade. So. Oh, okay. I don't know what that was but um what do you remember about it i remember that we all were shoved in a storage closet that's <laughs> what our dressing room was but they, they did a great job with it they like spread us all out we each had our own dressing station there there, there was room in there it was a decent sized storage closet but it was the storage closet that they like <laughs> cleared out for all of us and then i just remember our child wrangler I actually have a very strong memory of us all shimmying and her letting us know that when we grew up, shimmying would be much easier. And then like doing this and like watching her tits just like swing. <laughs> <around>. <laughs> Absolutely. Visceral memory of that. Um, yeah. No wonder, no wonder you caught the bug. You were like, this yeah. is freedom. These are my people. The child wrangler was the one who told me she was like, you know, Lily, like, they're doing Fiddler on the Roof next summer, and they need two young girls to play the youngest two daughters, so you should audition if you, like, really liked this, and so I auditioned, and I got to play the youngest daughter, which, who even knows who that is? Her name is <laughs> Bielka, Bielka. Um, mm. She has probably two lines in the show, and she mostly is just there to fill the stage, but that was a little bit more of a full intense project. I actually got paid for that, which I did not the summer before. And yes. I did the full summer, I did eight shows a week. Um, that I call one, that the, the accidental ch child volunteer chorus. That's when you, right, that's you, right. You, you're being utilized, but you don't know that you should be paid you're for that. You. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But I mean, it's just like the experience of it is so much more like, when you're that young and you're first getting your foray into theater, you're just like, I'm just happy to be here. <laughs> Absolutely. I was, I got paid $50 a week for Fiddler on the Roof. I look back now and I'm like, like there's gotta be some child labor laws at play here. But, but 
I thought it was a so much money. I'd right. never seen that kind of money. Mm-hmm. And B, I literally would have done it for free. Like you said, like mm-hmm. I, I, in that show, I wasn't one of a million kids. I was the youngest person in the show and I was mostly with adults. And that experience was so cool. And I learned so much. I learned from everyone around me. I have very strong memories from that experience. Um, another Casey theater native, Casey Regal was my slightly older sister. And we shared that same storage closet dressing room. We bonded a lot. And I see her in New York sometimes now. We actually wrote a song together that summer. And one of the guys yes. who played one of the, one of the husbands, like, had a recording studio and like recorded our song for us. So we were just treated like with, with respect, you know, and I really got a taste of like professional theater makers um, and, and what that looked like and how to act around that. And it was at such a young age that I think I just had a strong idea from early on of how this looked and how these people were and their energy. And I liked mm. their energy. I liked how open and inviting everyone was. People were outgoing. I was outgoing. People were playing games with each other in the green room, you know, like, and so I think that that's, that's really what turned me. Um, as after that, it was just like. Game over. Game over. Like yeah. I was, I was full speed ahead. Like from that moment on, that was like sixth grade. It is like really intoxicating the first time you encounter like a real rehearsal room. And like, I'm, I'm still struck by this today. Like the paradox of like, you're in rehearsal, everyone like knows their shit, everyone's prepared, or at least like the people you look up to are. But then the second we're on a 10, everyone's like chatting and joking. And it's like, I just like really thrive on that because I don't know, it's just very inspiring to me to see people be like real, honest, weird, silly people be themselves. And then to like flip the switch and be like, okay, but I am also like diligent and I've studied this and we all like are going to come together for the next hour, you know, Yeah, I I love that. I never thought of it um, so specifically, but that really is what I think at the core of a a professional theater person is so special is how committed and serious and um, prepared and frankly talented you can see someone be in a rehearsal or on stage and then usually not always but like the life of that person outside of the job is one of fun of loving of empathy of giving generally not always Mm -hmm. of course but so it's kind of just it's the best people to be around and I'm sure that it's no coincidence that all of my theater people are the ones that I'm still around today you're here. Um, so when did you decide that this was like something that you could do as a job or that you wanted to study? Um, I'm sure it was, I don't actually have an exact moment, but I'm sure it was um, around the time that I saw my first Broadway show, which wasn't too long after. I think that was in seventh or eighth grade um, that my mom took me to New York for the first time. And I saw two shows and actually the lead in Hairspray that I saw Um, was a graduate from my dance studio and her mom worked the front desk at my dance studio. Oh, how fun. Yeah, she got, she connected us with her and we got to go backstage. And that that was like my first experience with a Broadway show was getting to meet the person who was the lead of the show. And 
And so I think that was special too, because it humanized the whole experience Mm. and made this like, oh my gosh, I was having so much fun watching the show. It's Hairspray on Broadway. I am having the best time in the audience. Um, And then I go backstage and meet this human, this real person who grew up in Kansas City and went to my dance studio. And that really connected the dots for me of, of like this can be a career. This can, this can happen. Look, somebody did it from my hometown mm, yeah. um, and it was having so much fun up there. And like that made me really inspired. And I think that my love for the theater was already so strong that it just sort of, it just sort of tumbled from there. Um, <laughs> I don't, again, I don't have like a moment where I was like, this is my job. I'm going to do it. Yeah, yeah. But I think that my, um, excitement about theater was so strong ever since those early times that it's sort of by high school it was to the point where there was like no other option there was yeah. no other consideration for me well and certainly to see someone like you said have that experience see them meet them afterwards see how it works know that they're from your hometown like yeah. sort of like helped the whole thing grow like really strong roots because it shows you like oh this is a real person who's not that different than me, who's literally like went to the same Starbucks that I did like growing up, who has shown me that this is something that I can do to support myself, Mm -hmm. not only just like for fun to get out of school. (laughs) Exactly. And, and at that point I had already fallen in love with theater so wholeheartedly that I was like, Oh my gosh, this is exciting. Yeah. For a living. Yeah. And so then, um, where did you go to school and, and, uh, yeah, where did you study and what does that chapter sort of look like uh, after you've come out of school? Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I went to Florida State University for college um, and got my BFA in music theater. And um, Florida State was super fun. I was very interested in going to either a state school or something with that kind of energy. Um, because I was very interested in having a college experience, a traditional college experience, um, in addition to my theatrical studies and pursuits. Um, I I did want to be in a sorority. Uh, My mom was in a sorority, and um, I was able to do that at Florida State. Um, Once I did, you know, after auditioning for a trillion schools and finding out the ones that I did get into, Florida State matched those values for me. I was like, I'm going to be feeling that traditional college feel. I am allowed to be in a sorority because some theater programs, as you probably know, don't allow people to do pre fly yeah. So they allowed it there. And then um, lastly, the they were pretty good with financial aid. Um, I got some academic scholarships and some talent-based scholarships. So um, the burden on my family was just going to be not nearly as bad as a yeah. lot of the schools, and I think maybe a little bit what my parents expected too. Um, with and we should also say Florida State just has like a very renowned and very respected undergrad and graduate programs in theater, dance, and acting. Yeah. Like, yeah, absolutely. It's one of the top places to train, has an incredible alumni network. I mean, those people work yeah. all the time. It's a very yes. small program. It is. Yeah. That's actually one of the the cornerstones of the program that make it, I think, different and special is how small it is. Um, I had seven people in my class. And so the individualized attention is automatic, frankly. 
So, so after I, you graduated, then, yeah. then what did you decide? What led you to your next step? Yeah, um, I always kind of knew I was going to move to New York. Maybe ever since I went to New York and saw the Broadway show and I was like, oh, this is, this, is the, this is the pinnacle, the, is it the z- zenith uh, of, uh, of what I want to do, musicals, you know? And so um, I think I always had it in mind to move to New York City. And I think my parents had plenty of time to prepare themselves <laughs> for the fact that their baby was moving to the Big Apple. And um, so I moved after doing a summer of summer stock theater um moved in like september um and i moved in with my stepsister which was uh already making my transition such an easy smooth one Mm. because she had been there for about a year at that point she was a grade above me and so um we were able to just seamlessly move into that uh we had actually she'd already moved into the apartment because uh, our lease started way prior. And um, so I I moved into an apartment that was like almost furnished already. Yeah, and, that's huge. Uh, which was huge. And it was mine. It wasn't a sublet situation. It was my apartment. My name was on the lease and it was with my sister. And so I had a really easy transition as far as that goes into New York, just having a foundation of safety, of comfort, a place to go home to that I felt like home at. Hmm. And, um, and so, you know, I just started the grind pretty quickly. I had to get a job to pay the expense of New York bills. <laughs> yeah. Um, at least just, one job. <laughs> yeah. And, um, yeah, for many months, of course, was like just barely making enough to survive, you know, savings were not a thing. Um, and the tough thing with doing that New York grind is, especially in the beginning, if you don't have already a lot of um, connections or an agent that has a lot of connections, um, you have to just go to a lot of auditions. And that can be tough to balance with a job to pay the bills um and so I struggled with that but you know ultimately figured it out and um was able to go to auditions I was lucky I was very lucky to um have earned my equity card this summer before I moved so um was able to go to those auditions right when I got there and um just start getting in those doors, getting in those rooms, um, and doing the work myself. Um, my first agent that I had, um, didn't get me a lot of auditions. And so most Mm -hmm. of the stuff that I found myself getting was, um, my doing, which was great because I was like, yes, I have the power to do this. I can just go to these open calls. And if I do well, I'll be brought into the next round or the appointment or Mm -hmm. the next level or whatever. Um, so that was good. And, and I will say I probably grinded for about eight months where I wasn't really getting anything. I wasn't getting callbacks. The most I would get was getting brought into an appointment. Mm -hmm. Um, and you know, it was just that, that true, true New York grind of just, Keep going, keep hearing no. Keep going, yep. keep hearing no. Uh-huh. Keep going, keep 
hearing notes. Try to pay the bills, try to pay the bills, try to pay the bills. Yeah. Oh, we're getting really close this month. <laughs> no going out to drinks for you. Um, the skin thickening phase, as I call it. The skin thickening phase. That's exactly right. And, you know, the, like, rain running to the train because you're, mm. you're, your train's leaving. You see it on the app, and you're going to be late to work. And your metro start- card runs out, and you have to do <laughs> metro card as fast as you can, but there's a rat scurrying <laughs> by you. <laughs> yes it's like all the things that you that or well you know what it is but the people think that it is when they think of new york it, it is all very true it's all very true um all that and more i would say yes yeah because it's also just it's really hard on your soul also um, yeah it can be tough for sure but i you know what's crazy is there actually is a huge kansas city network in new york are you talking about like our people that that we know from like theater or beyond that mostly theater yes yeah yeah i mean i do i i know some of them and then i i i'm slowly getting to know more and more the people who are working in new york and have stayed for a long time that are from kansas city that are doing the thing and there's a lot of them there really are yeah, at at my undergrad there, when my freshman year, I think there were like ten to twelve other people from Kansas City in whether in the musical theater acting program or dance program or whatever. And at so people at Pace, yeah. And oh. so people are like, "What is going on What's in Kansas in water, City?" The water, baby. And also, how do you all know each other once you get here? Yeah, I mean it's. It's crazy, actually. I think there's a thriving arts community in Kansas City to begin with. And like, it's because of people like you and people who are, are really inspired by art and love to do it. And there's a, a lot, the Kauffman Foundation does a lot of wonderful things for the arts community. There are so many theatrical mm-hmm. success stories from here because of that upbringing i think you know um i think we just have a lot of support for people that want to do the art here in kansas city and so and a lot of it's interconnected because i feel like a lot of our friends we know each other because we did like one particular group together but then we also did this theater over here together Mm -hmm. and then we also did this theater over here together and there's a lot of overlap and so we're spending a lot of time with each other in different environments and different shows and different situations. And so that bond just grows thicker and thicker. And, and so because we're all the ones that are pretty serious about it, you know, we're doing all these different shows at these different places and sticking with it for these years, we go on and decide to pursue it uh, beyond, you know, beyond our community theater upbringing and, um, and we stick together. And so then that creates this network, even for the people in New York, but then also the people that go other places, Chicago mm-hmm. or come back here or go wherever. Um, it's sort of, it, the bond is, is so strong that we help each other out. We see each other. And then anytime we get connected to another Kansas city person, we just bring them into the network, you know, it all just sort of, snowballs yeah i've noticed like you know what i mean i also feel like there's this thing where if like one of like our dear friends from kansas city and we should say like people who we stay in contact with but maybe don't physically see more than once a year maybe less 
But like, yeah. if, if there's ever a point in which we can meet up and that person who I know and have this previous connection with is like, oh, just so you know, like I have a few other people here. I'm out with a few other people. I never for one second, I'm like, ooh, this is going to be weird because right. if you're friends with them, then I'm like, we're all going to be homies. We're like, all going to be friends. Yeah. Yeah. And I it think it's that, that dynamic that keeps us all getting to know each other and it keeps that circle small because we all trust each other. We all love each other and we are all welcoming Mm. for each other and with new people and friends and all of that. I think that's also just a Midwestern thing too. Um, totally. We're just all really welcoming. We're not closed off in general. Um, and so, yeah, the network is, it's pretty strong. Like I, even the people that I don't know personally that are from Kansas city and doing theater or doing whatever, doing the thing, I know who they are. I know what their character is. And I know probably 10 people that know them well that if I, you know, needed advice from them or wanted to get coffee with them, I could just reach out to our mutual friend and we all trust and love each other and it would be no problem. So um, after being in New York for a couple months, you did find some success and you were able to go on tour with a little show called Charlie and the Chocolate Factory. Can you talk about what it was like to tour a little bit? Yeah. Um, yeah, touring was so fun. Um, so tour is nice, um, because as long as you can find a sublet for your New York apartment, you don't have to pay to live in these cities generally. Um, and that is huge because you can actually start to save some money. And in our world, that can be a really tough thing sometimes. And so um, that was the hugest thing that came out of tour for me was my ability to save money. And I did that also by staying with friends in some cities. Um, the particular contract that I was on for tour gave us a stipend, a weekly stipend to pay for food, housing, travel, not travel between cities, but like to the theater or wherever. Mm -hmm. And um, so that stipend was yours to decide how you spent it. And so I tried to do like one out of every four cities staying with someone that I knew, three or four cities-ish, and, um, and save more of that stipend. So it's also not taxed. And so- um, <laughs> Listen up. Listen up, homies. <laughs> and uh, so, that was pretty, that was pretty huge. Just I opened a savings account for the first time, which doesn't was, it feel like a crazy thing. I was like, Oh my God, this is what being an adult is about. And I feel really good about it. Um, <laughs> That's amazing. And, and then after, at the tail end of that, after you were finished, um, you sustained an injury. Is that correct? Yeah, it was actually during the show. So I sustained the injury when I was on playing the, the principal role that I understudied in She Wears Point Shoes. So like the ballet shoes were on your toes. Ow. And, um, I sustained an injury during a show on point and it was a foot injury. I was did, out of the show for- Did you know like the moment it happened? The moment it happened, yeah. Oh God. I could barely just... walk. And how far through the show was it? I'm sorry, my whole body is tingling. It was halfway through the show, and I did not, I finished the show before I told anyone. Which I'm not really very proud of. Honestly, that's a little questionable. I but know, but there is like was, a gangster factor that is pretty cool. I was like, <laughs> I'm in this damn show. <laughs> like, gangster in a tutu. 
gangster in the tutu, baby. And that was after I had found out that I was being offered the role to play uh, wow. full time for the end of tour. And so I was like, I'm getting through this. And at first doctors were like, you'll be healed by the time you're supposed to play this. And my doctor in New York, once I finally got there was like, absolutely not. You will not be healed for this. Mm. Um, it, you might be able to heal to go back into the show in your normal role. Um, but you can't do point eight times a week when you injured yourself on point, like you can't do that. And so I didn't end up getting to play the role, but I did eventually get to go back to the show after being in a walking boot, going through a lot of physical therapy and rehabbing my foot back, which I'm still dealing with to this day. But, um, what was that like? Like that moment when you had to sort of grapple with the fact that, you weren't going to be joining the show in the way that you wanted. It was, it was heartbreaking. I mean, as far as like my theatrical career has gone, it was, it's been the, it's been the saddest um, thing that I've gone through. And it's just because I, I had, I'd already signed the contract. I knew that my pay was going up. I knew my resume credit was about to change. And I was so excited to get to, have my voice heard on stage every mm -hmm. night, you know, and be able to play with a role. I was so excited to get to like dive into a role and get to do that eight show a week thing where I get to like try something new each show, play with this a little bit, sink into this moment a little deeper, understand my character a little better each time. I was so excited to do that character exploration um, beyond all of the other exciting things that come along with getting to play the, play a role. And, um, and to know that I had it and have signed the contract and yeah. to hold people to come see me in the show. Um, and then have this injury, have some doctors say I'll be fine, get my hopes up a little bit, um, and then have another doctor, a better doctor, say, <laughs> look, do you really care this much about this role that you would potentially damage your career, like longevity? Forever. Yeah, and so when when we put those kinds of stakes on the table, it it does put things in perspective and I was really sad about it and I grieved it um, kind of like I grieved uh, when the pandemic hit, had to grieve, um, you know, just like fully like an ex-boyfriend, you know, <laughs> just like straight up, be fully sad, just be sad, let myself fully be sad about it. Well, and um, we should just say in a similar, in a similar manner, you had a, an other amazing opportunity that was yeah. cut short by the pandemic, which was? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I started my first Broadway show right before the pandemic, um, Mean Girls, the musical. Mm -hmm. And um, I, I started it in February, so I was with the show and with the cast and meeting everybody in February, early February, but I only had two days in the actual production. Um, and it was a limited contract. I was covering someone's medical leave. Literally, she was seeing my same doctor. And um, so my contract was set to end at the end of May, I believe. And um, so once the pandemic extended beyond May, um, I've since had to kind of grieve that job as well um, and kind of accept that two days was um, what I was going to get for that experience. And did you all know when it was your second show, did you all know that it would be the last one? 
Like, did you know that they were, had it been announced that they were taking a break at that point? No, it got announced. Uh, God, I'll never forget it. I was in my first understudy rehearsal for Janice with the stage manager and one of the associate music directors. And we were like rehearsing like fully. And my stage manager was getting like blown up on her phone. And she finally was like, Lily, I think we got to take a break and I got to check this. And she was like, the show's canceled tonight and it might be canceled for a while and Natalie my sister my stepdad had just landed in New York City mm. my dad and stepmom were planning to come see it in a couple weeks so we could spread out the love between the parents mm-hmm. um and so yeah my mom and grandma got to see it and a few of my friends they came for opening night but um otherwise um yeah it's kind of one for the history books so um, I guess we could begin to wrap up a little bit. This has been lovely. I could talk to you forever. And I could talk for years. Um, what are, like, what's next for you? Like when there's some sense of normalcy um, in terms of being able to gather and do theater, which is really the only thing we need to do theater is just a bunch of people in a room. Um, yeah. what, what do you want like personally? Uh, where do you see yourself? You know, what, what, do you, what are your aspirations within like 10 or 15 years? And mm-hmm. is there also anything like, from this pandemic that you want the industry to like absolve and learn from? Oh yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, I know I just threw like 17 questions at you. Um, so we're going to wrap up. Here's 17 questions. (laughs) (laughs) Um, just, uh, yeah, for my own, for my own life, I, I, I want to be able to create a role someday. I want to be able to, um, be in a Broadway show more than two days eventually. I, I would love to to make that dream come true and actually experience what it's like to do eight shows a week in New York City and with the people, you know, the, the, the talent in the show and the people, the fans and all of that. I just want to experience um, that to, a, to its truth. As far as the pandemic goes and things that have happened, I just think the hugest thing that's most important for us to permeate after this strange time, um, permeate into our work, our lives, is just, uh, is the the movement for social justice and um, the, the continuation of learning that a lot of us have to do um that's been a big uh project for myself that i've been on and uh discovering and learning more about and opening my heart to and hearing people's stories and uh uh just becoming more aware of my own part to play in the narrative has been uh already transformational on who I am as a person and how I walk through life. And I think that it is uh, the most probably important part of this entire year. Mm. Um, Pandemic is not. And while I'm sure that we'll all be a little bit more sanitary after this, um, I I don't think that it's what's most important. I think what's most important is making everyone feel like they have a place, like they are loved and supported and that they are respected in the way that they deserve. So That's lovely. And I think without the pandemic and being forced to all sit in this collective stillness, I don't know if we would be grappling to the extent that we are right now with those issues. No, there's, there's no way. No, we wouldn't have taken the time yeah. to, 
to accept the realities that we live in. Um, we wouldn't have taken the time to listen and hear, listen to mm. hear. And so um, because we were forced with this stillness, we had the ability to listen and to learn and to take time to, to, to expand upon uh, what we knew to be true or what we understand about people, just empathy. Um, we actually, you have to take time and energy to be empathetic. So. Amen, amen, amen. Yeah. Lily, you are so lovely. Thank you for making some time to chat with us today. Um, where can we find you? What can you plug? Um, you're teaching a yoga um, class? Yeah, um, go to my Instagram. It's Lily Kaufman, one F, two Ns. Um, <laughs> I'm going to start um, promoting my yoga classes via Zoom on Instagram. And so that will be a good place to um, catch up with me. Um, my website is lilykaufman.com. Um, I might be posting some updates there. It's a little bit more of my theater world, but um, those two spots are, are good to keep Amazing. in touch. Yeah. Awesome. Well, thanks again, Lil. Um, we appreciate you so much. And I have no doubt that once we can gather again, you will for sure be on that Broadway stage making shit happen. I, I just know it. Um, oh, you have such a kind spirit and I really appreciate you taking the time. So we'll talk soon. Okay. I love you so much. Love you thank too. You.